This is the Dave and Shecky Show. We got this groovy podcast for ya. Reviewing crazy tunes or quoting Twain and Sting and Doom. We'll bring ideas to share like bonus points for extra flair. Cause it's the freaking Dave and Shecky Show. Show. We're bringing you this groovy review. We might preview movies, bake some bread, or drink some smoothies. So come on, have way too much caffeine. You roll up some rivers, I'll reference some Raffi. This is the Dave and Shecky Show. Do I start? Yes, you start. Wait, it's been it's, a while. It's been a little while. Mm-hmm. I don't remember how the show works. You start. I have a new outlook on life. Mm. I'm... I'm very passive now. Are you miles? No, I'm just mild. Oh, I see. Okay. Uh, welcome, everyone, to episode 50, 50 of the Middle-Aged Cool Kids Super Terrific Podcast featuring your pals. Tom and Boney. Boney. I guess you're Boney. Because That's right. I certainly am not Boney. Boney James, the horrible smooth jazz musician. Uh-huh. And who's Tom? Tom is his assistant. Oh, great. Hi, Tom. Can you get me that towel? No. Don't touch the center of it. Ew. What the fuck is that supposed to mean? <laughs> oh, you know what I mean, Tom. No, I don't, Boner. <laughs> oh, it's Boney. Boney. One more time and I'm getting a new Tom. Okay. And well. a new towel. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, last week we did a something different. Uh, we posted an old, an old lecture from uh, a gentleman who... He might as well have been speaking today. As the Japanese say, good oh. luck on your recent erection. Mm-hmm. They don't say that. Uh, anyway, so, um, but we have been taking a little while off. Uh, we're here to announce our divorce, actually. So there you go. There's Shush. The, oh. uh, the, the last show, the top 10 albums from both of us, uh, we were going to make that a two-parter, but I realized somewhat quickly that no one is, it's, it's not the, the cliffhanger I'd love it to be, so I... Uh, we, yeah, who cares? No, yeah. but the truth of the matter is is that that thing took a, a long time to put together. And it, in itself was a cliffhanger. It was, uh, it, it was a lot of work, and I, I don't mind doing a lot of work, but it, it kind of just burned me out. Uh, so I needed a, a week off, and then uh, Dave had to go someplace, and so then all of a sudden, uh, you know, we took a month off almost. Now, is there a band, or has there ever been a band called Cookie Puss? Cookie Puss. Cookie Puss, the band. No, I just know about Cookie Puss, the cake. Well, that's, yes. Mm-hmm. How about Cookie Puss, the meat? Excuse me? Cookie Puss, the meat or cake. Could be meat, could be cake. I see. Okay. Cookie Puss is always cake how about pookie cuss pookie cuss now that's a funk band uh-huh cookie puss is a hardcore band i see and pookie cuss funk yes all right excellent anyway this week uh we are uh talking about the 1978 drama slash thriller chicken hawk 
The Boys from Brazil. Oh, here. Well, I thought this oh. was a uh, pedophile uh, exposition into uh, Bill Clinton. Boy, was I mistaken. No, uh, we, uh, no. Anyway, uh, here is the trailer for The Boys from Brazil, 1978. History has shown how one man with a dream can turn the world into a nightmare. Can history repeat itself? The Boys from Brazil starts where that nightmare left off. But for the dream to live again, 94 men must die. Gregory Peck is the architect of that dream. Lawrence Olivier is the man who must destroy it before it destroys the world. Are we supposed to listen or talk? We're just watching. We're playing the... Um, no, we're not listening. We wouldn't be talking during this part. Well, you can if you want, but we're playing it for the people. Okay. Feel free to speak at any time. <coughs> well, I'm just saying this per- This trailer is terrible. It's misleading. They're trying to make it like a horror film. And uh, it's a misleading uh, trailer. Well, we can say that afterwards, I suppose. That's what I was asking. Only that they are not science fiction. 30 years the world has forgotten. And you persist and persist. Well, not at guards. Now, madam. You're a prisoner. The time is the present. The people exist. The threat is real. Operation has been cancelled. No. Your operation has been cancelled. I'm continuous. Barry is dead. Helibaman. can decide if it's a dream or a nightmare. But be warned, if history can repeat itself, so can man. A total of 94 assassinations. Look for the boys from Brazil before they look for you. Well, there it was, the trailer. The trailer for the boys from Brazil. Now, shit trailer. You think it's a shitty trailer? Uh, why do you think it's a shitty trailer? Oh, shitty trailer! If you don't use a breach in your underwear. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, uh, I will say that. Uh, I think I just logged onto my internet. Uh-huh. But seriously. Uh-huh. Yeah. What will you say? I'm going to say that a trailer, a trailer's job is to uh, coax you to go into the movies, coax you to put your ass in the seat and pay your whatever it was at the time, let's say three or four bucks to get to a movie. Um, And also, I would say that it was trying desperately to kind of look like it might have a Damien Omen uh, twin uh, 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 flavor. 
So, yeah, it's shitty in that it doesn't represent the movie that well, but it's also pretty good in making you think it's something else. So, they showed enough dogs in there. It, could have, it should have been Kusha. That's what I'm saying. That's another Damien Omen type of thing with the, the, the Dobermans. And, uh, but, so I, I, I can't say it's a shitty trailer uh, because it certainly makes you think, oh, this is a movie that's interesting, but it has n- almost nothing to do with the movie um the movie boys from brazil uh I, this is all going to be f- chock full of uh not spoilers oh. uh the boys from brazil is a movie uh about well it's i don't even it starts off with steve gutenberg so you, you, oh, oh can i just say something yeah okay i don't care yeah, Steve Gutenberg. Mm-hmm. Never have I been happier that a character was killed. Are you kidding me? Than when they killed Steve Gutenberg. He was a nice Jewish boy with a likable face. And I can't. I gotta tell you, uh-huh. half the time I'm siding with the Nazis in this fucking. Oh, movie. stop it! Now you're just being mean. No, I'm just just being practical. Uh-huh. Because take a look at Germany now uh-huh. and what's going on. Yeah. Now they might have had it wrong with the Jews, but right. they were on something on something with their ways being ruined. Well, and I'll just leave it at that. Okay, that's true. Yeah. Uh, Germany and look France. Look at the church in France. And uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I, so, I I understand what you're saying, but the truth of the matter is, is that I, I relate more to a Nazi than to a uh, Omar Ilhan. Tip O'Neill had it uh, said it best. Uh, he that said, sounds like a man who enjoys a drink. Yeah, all politics is local. So uh, I I don't know. I wasn't in Germany uh, at the time of the Nazi takeover. Uh, it seems like they were really uh, terrible people. So I don't know why you would side with them at all. But I don't know. Yeah, you're, I think you're just trying to be outrageous. But let's, I just say you know yes. the, the guy that Lieberman uh, turned against at the end. Uh, that guy's worse than the Nazis, and that was Lieberman's point. Right. So yes. that's why I side with the Nazis, because that fucking sneaky standing in the shadow motherfucker ain't no better. That's 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 true. He was no better. Um, so anyway, The Boys from Brazil takes place uh, in real time, basically 70s, mid 70s, uh, where there is a Nazi hunter who um, has inspired a young uh, group of kids to, uh, when I say kids in their 20s, to also become Nazi hunters. And one of them is uh, Steve Gutenberg, who has followed, has gone down to Paraguay and has found Dr. Mengele, uh, played by... Um, and Gregory Peck. Played by Gregory Peck. The best part of the movie, Gregory Peck. Let me say that uh, the acting in this movie is, it's it's excellent it's excellent but anyway so uh especially that little drone kid in paraguay uh steve gutenberg uh he's you know doing all of these he's following and watching these guys they're meeting and uh when he realizes that mangala is there he he calls up uh lieberman or liebman uh who is played by Lawrence olivier and he's kind of like this guy's um i think it's lieberman Lieberman. He's kind of like Steve Gutenberg's hero. You know, he's a Nazi hunter. He's very old. He's been doing it since the end of the war. And uh, he calls him up to say, look, I, I'm onto something here. And uh, 
Lieberman was, you know, he's he, he's probably gotten a million of those calls, and he can only do what he can do, and he doesn't really take it seriously until uh, until Gutenberg is killed for his for what he's figured out. So that's that starts Lawrence Olivier as uh, Ezra Lieberman on this journey to um, to uncover what's what is happening. I don't understand what's happening. What the hell was the ninety four? What was the significance of killing ninety four people? I still don't understand that. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Dr. Mangala has this plan that they kind of reveal a little bit at a time, and uh, it starts with him tasking these uh, seven or eight Nazis in the room with him with killing a total of 94 men. The 94 men are all uh, of a certain age, and they all have uh, similar jobs, not exactly the same jobs, civil service. Um, You know, a surveyor, uh, a teacher, or, you know, those types of jobs. And uh, the reason that is, it gets kind of, they, they expect you to figure it out on your own. But uh, the reason that is, is because Hitler's father was a civil servant who died on a very specific day in his life. So right before his 14th birthday, his father died accidentally. And so um, the boys from Brazil, so Mengele lives, right? And he escapes Germany goes to uh, Brazil and uh, continues his crazy research. He, you know, he's well known in the, uh, in the history books of, of really performing disgusting uh, experiments on live people during World War II. He is, uh, there sociopath psychopath of the worst kind um a torturer a serial killer as bad as hitler if not worse because he would literally do these horrible experiments on people so he he, was literally worse than hitler he was that's one guy you can actually say that about he literally was a terrible awful uh, you know the, the devil. Basically, he, he is a demon for sure. So in this movie, he lives and he goes to South America, which people think is the truth that he, <laughs> that that is what happened. It's um, true. It is true. It's true. So uh, and he continues with his experimenting, which involved cloning. So what happened was he cloned Hitler. And what he wanted to do throughout this film was, uh, so he cloned Hitler, he made 94 babies, or maybe 100 babies, and six didn't make it, then gave That's these... That's a good cloning ratio. Then gave Success these... Success ratio. Uh-huh. And then, okay. And then gave these babies to families who uh, fit a certain description, you know, uh, the the mother had to be a, a doting woman, Um the father had to, again, work in civil service, maybe be domineering or an asshole. And then uh, at a certain point in the clone's life, all of the fathers had to die. So that's kind of where we drop in 
Uh, to recreate the environment. To recreate the environment. And uh, was this a book before a movie? It was a book. I bet it was better than as a book. The book is uh, was a, a novel of the same title by Ira Levin. So um, that's why the 94 men had to die. They were trying to I see. duplicate the... Uh, Price, the, I got you. Mm-hmm. His, the environment uh, influences, the environmental right, influences. Yes. <laughs> so that's what this movie is about, and it's it's it is a good movie. Um, the acting is great. It's got the it's got the old school actors in it, and they're you know uh, Lawrence Olivier. I, I I'm not sure how long after this he passed away, but he's seems to be very old mm-hmm. in this. Um, James Mason, Gregory Peck. It's it's got a it's got a really impressive cast. Uh, it didn't, was Gregory Peck in another harm? Was he in The Omen or something? I think he might have been in. Uh, is it The Omen or what's the other one? Yes, I think it's The Omen. Well, is he a priest or some something? He was in. Uh, is it The Omen? He's old school. Very good. Yeah, he's ridiculous. They're all they're very good. They're they're very very good. He was in um was he in? Oh, you know he was not. That was somebody else, I guess. What was he in around that time? Oh, you know, he is in The Omen from 1976. Yes. Yeah, there you go. So, um the concept of this book is wild. The there's some stuff throughout the script which I I know now from reading, I have uh, Bill O'Reilly's Killing the SS book, and it's, you know, it seems like not long after the end of World War II, people were very willing to just, okay, it's over. And uh, as I was reading about that in, in his book, it kind of struck me as, wait, what? All of these people were murdered. All of these people were in concentration camps. And it was just kind of like, okay, it's over. Let's move on. And they touch on that in this movie. I don't know if they do it in the book. I'm going to assume they do. Um, And and it's true. It was like that. It was like, well, you know, uh, we're not going to go after these people who went to South America and uh, I, you know, I highly recommend the Bill O'Reilly book because it is about uh, Nazi hunters who, and Israel, who send people to South America to kidnap these Nazis and bring them back to trial. I mean, decades after the fact, because people didn't give a shit anymore. It kind when of went in the eighties, like in the sixties. Uh huh. And. Uh, it's while I was reading the Bill O'Reilly, it struck me as very odd that people were like, "No, let's just uh, you know, let's move on." And this in this movie, uh, Lawrence Olivier, Ezra Lieberman, has a contact at Reuters, and that <coughs> that guy, Sidney, we're going to assume he's a Jew, is is pretty much the same way. Well, how know? about this idea? Yeah. You got to move on because if you don't move on, you implicate the United States in cahoots with the Nazis. And no one wants to dig that up. 
I don't think the United States was in cahoots with the Man, Nazis. I think they made money off of the Nazis. Well, okay. I think their partnered ventures made plenty of money that would be considered dirty. And I think money went missing that they probably had their hand in, too. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. But I think it's, you know, if they wanted to, if it's not just move on, it's move on because we don't want to implicate ourselves. Move on and sweep under. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, that, that's interesting. Well, that could that could definitely be. But uh, it was kind of a worldwide. Uh, Look at it to this day. Chrysler Daimler. Eh. Eh. Chrysler is merged with a German company. Uh-huh. They've always been merged with a German company. Okay. Um, anyway, so uh, I feel like it, it was, it, it struck me as very odd after reading the book that that happened um, and that it was, it was, it was, it was really, I don't know. I, it, it kind of blew my mind when I read about it. And then when I see, saw that they were addressing that in the movie as well. Uh, uh, it, it just, it still is mind boggling. So, um, yeah, people stopped giving a shit that, you know, Mangala was seen in South America and that the Nazis were, you know, Avita Peron also, you know, we have this don't cry for me, Avita or Argentina and, and how, you know, she, Avita Peron was like this iconic woman in Argentina and they were Nazi sympathizers. They wanted the Nazis to come and rebuild in their country. So that's why there's a huge... It's insane. It's insane how little we know about this period uh, that's not that long ago. So uh, the boys from Brazil, and it's kind of interesting because it's, you know, it also touches on cloning, which was, uh, you know, so new then. You know, Dolly hadn't been cloned yet, the sheep. Dolly the sheep. Yeah. Yes. So, uh... As opposed to Dolly the pardon. Pardon. Me for being so crass. Yeah. So, uh, when you you first started watching the movie, what were you thinking? I was thinking, when does Bill Clinton show up and where's that airplane with Dershowitz? Oh, that's not, that's the, that's uh, Lolita Island. Oh, I'm mistaken. The Boys from Brazil Brazil. is a misleading title. It should have been called Little Hitler Makes Good. Uh Uh-huh. Well, then, but see, then that... that Hitler won. You none. Yeah, but I think, I mean, when it was revealed that the little kids were Hitler clones, did you know? Uh, I didn't know in... I just knew, I knew right before it was revealed. Yes. Well, see, that's what I'm saying. But so just right before, because I'm slow and I get distracted. Yeah, but if that's what I'm saying, they, that's why they didn't want to name it "Little Hitler Makes Good." Because oh, because they didn't uh, know. oh, springtime for Hitler was already taken. Well, I just feel like they wanted it the reveal to be. I know, know, but boys from Brazil. I mean, what, I, I feel like this was about a, a soccer team that got lost in the Andes and ate themselves. They were from Chile. Exactly. They were chilling out up there. Or maybe they weren't from Chile. It maybe was, that just happened in Chile. They were from the Andes. They were in the Andes. That yeah. That's also a... They were in the Andes. They were also in Andy. He was their uh, center goalpost guy. After they crashed, he ate them. <laughs> Have you read that book? <laughs> they were in Andy. Get it? Yes, I read it. I saw it. It's a terrible experience. Alive. I saw it. it was about, you know, I'm all about that stuff as a kid. Well, that's what I was saying. I, seemed, I think that book came out when we were kids, and so uh, that was one of those books that you read, and you were just like, wow, fuck. Yeah. I, uh, so bad, you got to make fun of it. 
I mean, no. I Like the Nazis. No, I didn't make fun of that. Oh. Well, I do. Yeah. Well, uh-huh. Anyway, um, so what do you think about uh, the concept? I mean, it, it's almost like... It, it, I'm glad it didn't happen, but then in, the, in my mind, I'm like, fuck, that could have happened. I don't know what happened. How do we know what happened? Yeah, I who, mean... How do, what's this guy's background? Who wrote the book? Is he a science fiction writer? Maybe he's a historian. <sighs> Maybe his parents were killed in the goddamn camps. Let's see. Ira Levin. Here we go. Ira Levin decided on a career of a writer at the age of 15, educated at the elite Horace Mann School. He went on to two years at Drake University in nah, Des Moines. piece of people from Horace Mann, and they call it elite. Okay, fine. Then I'm elite. Did you go to Horace no, Mann? I did not. That's what I'm saying. What is Horace Mann? It's a school in New York, man. Oh, I see. It's Horace Mann. Okay. He went on to two years at Drake University uh, University in Des Moines, Iowa, before transferring to New York University, where he majored in philosophy and English. I went to New York University. I didn't major in philosophy and English, though. I see. I majored in not showing up on time to class. Uh-huh. Okay. He earned his degree in 1950. In 1953, he was drafted into the army based in queens new york he wrote and produced training films for uncle sam before moving into television penning scripts for such anthology series as lights out and the united states steel hour he made a bright theater debut at the age of 25 with an adaptation of mac hyman's no time for sergeants in 1955 he went on to write several plays including the longest running broadway mystery to date death trap Holy shiznit. And several... I love that one. I love the, the movie adaptation with Michael Caine and the dead guy. Christopher Reeves. Yes. All right. So uh, he passed away in 2007. And... Uh, I'm going to give this guy a pass. I like him. Yeah, no, he doesn't need a pass. He this book. I I think I I I may read the book after seeing the movie again. I had seen the movie a while ago, um, you know, decades ago, and thought uh, it was great. And it's kind of stuck in my mind as a really uh, a really great movie. Yeah, so, it's pretty damn good. I'd say it basically holds up. To, you know, stands. To, it's pretty good to watch even to this day. It has uh, interesting uh, aspects to it that you can relate to the day, modern day. Yeah, and they also did, they remade it. Oh, jeez. I have, I have not seen that. What's that one? Uh, who's in that one? Uh, he also wrote the book, The Stepford Wives. Whoa. He wrote the book, A Kiss Before Dying. Whoa, this guy's fucking ahead of his time. He wrote The Boys from Brazil. He wrote... The uh, he wrote Rosemary's Baby. Whoa, really? So, so this guy, uh, when you think of that stuff, uh, all no of those. No wonder that film is so good. So you got Rosemary's Baby, The Boys from Brazil, and The Stepford Wives. Uh, yeah, this guy is amazing, or was amazing. So uh, good for him, man. Good for him. Holy shit, that's amazing. So, um, that, I'm blown away by that. But th- that's what happens. We don't, we uh, kind of do the research on the fly. So, uh, yeah, I'm talking about research on the fly. 
this movie would have uh, benefited from Jeff Goldblum. Okay. I Well, that... All right. I can see that. Now, I would have been more sympathetic if Gutenberg was Goldblum. And that's the title of my book, If Gutenberg Was Goldblum, The <laughs> Alternate Universe of Me. Okay. Well, that's a, that's a great title for a book. Um, so hopefully someone won't steal it from you. Uh, it's also a stand-up routine. Now, if Gutenberg was Goldblum. Uh-huh. <clears throat> you got to do it like that, though. Okay. Like you uh, have to smell Red Fox? Of really bad alcohol. Oh, okay. Yes, old whiskey or something. Yes. Um, so th- another thing in this in this Ted move- Fox uh-huh. is actually his, uh, his autistic brother. Oh, okay. Uh, another thing about this uh, the movie is that uh, the scenes at the end with those dogs. Uh, yeah, don't watch this movie if you have a dog. Why it's, oh yeah, because our dog started barking like a maniac when the there's a scenes towards the end with uh, a bunch of Dobermans. This person is raising them or whatever, um, and uh, they they bark and our dog just w- was going crazy about it. But the the thing is is that we've got Gregory Peck in a chair with Dobermans trained on him inches from him. I can't even imagine. You don't know. You don't know that one of those dogs isn't just going to be like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm here. I might as well take a bite. I I felt like that was. Yeah, that wasn't CGI. That wasn't CGI. That was pretty fucking brave of him. And uh, you know what I mean? Because those dogs, I love dogs. But still, that amount of dogs trained on you. Can you look at Gregory Peck's IMDB? Uh-huh. Collins, Cooper. Uh-huh. Why? Because I want to I want to see his stellar career. Okay. Was he in Gone with the Wind? Gregory Peck in Gone with the Wind. No, that's Cary Grant. That's Clark Gable. Clark Gable. Yeah, I knew one of those guys. Uh, let's see. He's in a bunch of stuff I don't think you've seen, Dave. He, uh, he's in 12 O'Clock High. Come on, there's stuff I've seen. Really? Yeah, name song. Okay. Starting in the 40s. 1944's Days of Glory, where now he played Vladimir. A, oh, I don't know. The Keys of the Kingdom, where he plays Father Francis Chisholm. Oh, I don't know that one. The Valley of Decision from 1945, where he plays Paul Scott. Okay, so these are all unknown films as far as we can tell. The Yearling. Now that sounds familiar. Uh-huh. Uh, Duel in the Sun, The McComber Affair, Gentleman's Agreement, The Paradigm Case, Yellow Sky. Now, I clearly have heard of all these movies. I don't think you have The Great Sinner, 12 O'Clock High, The Gunfighter, Captain Horatio Hornblower. Wait a minute. That sounds like a damn good name for a band. Are they playing at Mercury? Uh-huh. Only the Valiant, David and Bathsheba. Oh, wait. Hold on. Wasn't it supposed to be Goliath? Mm-hmm. Uh, Bathsheba. Bathsheba? Bathsheba. Now that is a name to behold. The World in His Arms, The Snows of Kilimanjaro. Now that sounds familiar. Roman Holiday? I don't know that. You don't? I don't know any of these movies. Okay. This uh, man is an unknown actor as far as I can tell you. <laughs> uh, Moby Dick. Oh, that sounds familiar. Who did he play? He played Ahab. Who play, who's Moby? Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, Porkchop Hill. I'm trying to... Porkchop Hill. Let's review that. Oh, one. Cape Fear. Did you see the original oh, yeah, Cape no, Fear? Yes, I've seen CES. Okay. To Kill a Mockingbird. Now, see, that's what I was talking about. Oh, Isn't okay. he in To Kill a Mockingbird? Yes. What did I say? 
Yeah, you said something. Gone with the oh, Wind. Oh, you said Gone with the Wind. I was thinking To Kill a Mockingbird. Arabesque. Remember we watched that movie and we thought it was great? Yeah. With Faye Dunaway? Yes. That's, uh, so. What else we got? The Boys, the boys from Brazil. I never heard of it. MacArthur. That's good. And, uh. How about in the 70s? Maybe I know him from the 70s. Uh, you. I Walk the Line. I don't see, I don't know that one. Shootout. Nope. Billy Two Hats. Oh, that's good. That's a good name. And then the 76 was The Omen. 77 was MacArthur and The Boys from Brazil. How about in the 80s? Then? There must be something I know from in the 80s. The Sea Wolves. And now that is not something I know. The Blue and the Gray. I never heard of such a thing. The Scarlet and the Black. Nah, that must be a sequel. Here it comes, David. Are you ready? Yeah. Amazing Grace and Chuck. I don't know. I think I heard of that movie. Uh-huh. Uh, Old Gringo. Well, I don't know about that. He was in the new Cape Fear, I guess, in a bit part. Well, that would be nice. Uh, See, other People's Money. Okay. Oh, now that movie, I know. Other People's Money? Yeah. I've seen that. Oh, okay. That's He played Andrew Jorgensen. Well, who stars in this one again? Danny DeVito and Gregory Peck. Okay, somehow. <clears throat> oh, ew. <laughs> Thanks for that. Oh, you know who else is in it? Who else? Your fucking favorite person to see. That's to, why I know the to movie. bring up uh, for no reason at all. Tito Puente. Mo Gaffney. Whoa! See, see? <laughs> now we're getting into something. Okay. And I knew he had a significance in my life. Because of Mo Gaffney? Five degrees of Gaffney. Uh-huh. I, I'm not a big fan of Mo Gaffney. Uh, there's no Gaffney like Mo Gaffney. Yeah, thank God. Like no Gaffney, I know. Thank God. Oh, oh God. Oh, get away. Get away from the pictures. <laughs> we don't want to see Mo Gaffney after 1987. Matt, Mo Gaffney is only nine years older than us. Whoa. I'm no Gaffney, but woof. Uh-huh. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, let's get back to what we were talking about. All right. So, oh, this is what I'm talking about. Uh-huh. Now, Stanley O'Toole. Uh-huh. Now, who is this man? Who is Stanley O'Toole? Because is he Peter O'Toole's brother? Stanley O'Toole. Do you remember what his job was? He's like producer or something. Something let's big. See. Something big. Big enough to be big enough. Let me uh, search, please. Oh, my God, Stanley. There he is, produced by Stanley O'Toole. Uh, it doesn't say anything in his bio. There is no Stanley O'Toole bio. Uh, on there. Are there any movies with Peter O'Toole in them? Hold that on. Stanley O'Toole did? Because I think I'm on to something. Uh, let's see. He was born. Well, that's something. And then he passed away in 2004. Well, clearly he is He a was human. married twice. And it uh, doesn't say anything about brother Peter O'Toole. God damn that. So I'm sorry about that. Now, also, let's talk about the little kid. Who played young Hitler? What else has he been in? Nothing. Well, you see, it's you know, what's worth worse playing uh, the kid on The Shining or a young Hitler? He is. It was in a uh, 
he was in one other thing in 2004. So he wasn't in anything from 78 for then for nearly 30 years. And then he came out of hiding for Mystic Voices, the story of the Pequot War. Uh, and I believe that that has to do with uh, upstate New York, which is where he lives now, apparently. So, um, it, the, and that's like a documentary, so. Well, that is really bizarre. He, I think he does uh, stage stuff. So he probably does uh, small productions in upstate New York. Um, yeah, with that resume, they're like, oh, yeah, what would what, what you play in the other movie you were in? Oh, Hitler. Oh, okay, we'll call you. No, I don't think that's the case. I think, I, you know, maybe it was a crazy... Does he really have the blue eyes of that? Was no, those were, those were contacts. No, no one's eyes look like that. Um, I would say that... Uh, I would say that I don't know why he, he didn't do more, but he could easily have been in 10 to Midnight. Like, he's, he could easily uh, be that guy. He's, he could have been Christine or something. Yeah. So, um, he's, he, he was good at being, you know, he wasn't even being cre- creepy. He was being, like, a sociopath. He was good. Whoever directed him to be that way was great. Mm. And uh, it was interesting. Um, but, no, not really anything ever again. Bizarre. Uh, But you know who else was like that was the little kid who played Danny in The Shining. He that's down- what I said. You said what's, that? That's what I just said. What's worse, playing Little Hitler or uh, the kid in The Shining? Oh, you said that? I said it. Are you sure? Yeah, you'll, you'll hear it back in the net it is. No, it's fine. Um, I was just staring at his face. Uh, that's what she said. So. Literally. Okay. She was literally staring at Hitler, young Hitler. So, uh, this movie did get nominated for some awards. Uh, what year was Altered States? I'm talking about the movie being nominated for I'm just some saying, awards. Did this go up against Altered States? Because uh, it has a similar vibe to me. Let's see here. This was 78. I feel like Altered States was... 1979. So, I think we got... Uh, this was 79? Well... The movie comes out in 78, gotcha. but the, you know, so in uh, 1979, the uh, Laurence Olivier was nominated for Best Actor. He was real good. John Voight won Dear for Hunter. Coming Home. De Niro had been uh, nominated for Deer Hunter. Wait, Deer Hunter and Coming Home the same year? That's John right. Voight's in both those movies, is he not? Maybe. Am I mistaken? Maybe not. I don't know. John Voight was a, a popular actor there for a few uh, years. Uh, let's see. John Voight's fucking stellar. It was not nominated for uh, Best Actor in a Supporting Role. Bruce Dern? What was he in? Coming Home. Oh, yeah. So that movie was rocking people. Uh, was ten years after the war. Five years after the war. Best Actress was also Coming Home. Wow, they really came home with that one. They brought that one home, huh? Boom. Hey, is that the Nazi woman? No, she did not get uh, nominated. Best art direction was Heaven Can Wait. Do you remember that one? I do remember that one. Is that with Warren Beatty? Yes, it was. 
Best Cinematography, it did not get nominated. Days of Heaven won that. I don't know that I don't know that I've ever seen that one. Uh, best Costume Design, that's not what it was nominated for. Uh, Death on the Nile won that. I don't know that. Best Director was Michael Cimino and The Deer Hunter. Yeah. And Best not Documentary. Not a very uplifting movie, that's for sure. The Deer Hunter? Yeah. Best More like the depressing movie. It got... Uh, the Boys from Brazil was nominated for Best Editing... But the deer hunter won that as well. You can't really go up against the deer hunter, I don't think. Personally, I think I think I like Boys from Brazil a good degree more than the deer hunter. Best music and original score. It also got uh, nominated for, but the winner was Midnight Express. Deer hunter was. Is that also John LaSalle? Hold on, I'm. Midnight Express. Was the. Best that's, music original score. Yeah, a lot of good movies out that year. That's fucked up, man. Best music original song was Thank God It's Friday, uh-huh. which won over Greece. <laughs> so there you go. There, there's Look, the Oscar winners don't necessarily mean shit because uh, some of these movies that win awards, it, they are not the movies that stand the test of time. Um I guess the Thank God It's Friday song that one was Last Dance, and I guess it's still a disco-y song, but honestly, the movie Grease really is just a movie that is iconic. Um, Best Picture, Deer Hunter, we already said that. I guess I skipped down. Um, And that was it. I guess the Best Writing screenplay, Coming Home. Yep. So... Anyway, anywho. I don't think I really seen coming home. Uh, so nominated for three Oscars, nominated for uh, one Golden Globe for Best Actor Gregory Peck, uh, nominated for one, two, three, four, five. S- Hello, nominated- Negroes are us. May I help you? Why would you say that? I don't know. I'd like to help you. Nominated for six Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Films. Nominated and won for International Film Music Critics Award for Best New Release or Re-Release of an Existing Score. Uh, Winner of the National Board of Review's Best Actor. And nominee for Stinkers. Stinkers. Worst Supporting Actress... Worst fake accent and worst fake accent. That's terrible. Worst fake accent. I guess the German accent. That is, perhaps. But, uh, you know, look, I've seen worse accents in movies. What's his name? I've seen worse accents in a supermarket that sells body axe spray. Oh, all right. Uh, anything in particular that jumped out at at you uh, in this movie? Like what was like? Uh, other than your your seemingly uh, irrational hate of Steve Gutenberg, who I adore. The goot. The goot. Uh, I hated Gutenberg until I saw the other guy who took his place. I hated him even more. Yeah. So 
That guy looked like KBC to me. He looked like KFC to me. Oh, okay. Uh, he looked like KBC with like really curly hair. Hmm. The Jews have curly hair. They're curly-haired people, aren't they? Yeah. That guy was up to no good. Uh-huh. Well, that's why uh, That's why at the end he got... Uh, yeah, uh-huh. what I like about this movie is the guy from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory mm-hmm. was in it. Right, he's a Nazi. He's one of the Nazis that gets sent to uh, kill the 94 men. I like him, he's good. Mm-hmm. Hobscotch or something, Hobnopper, what's his name? Hobnopper, is, is that his name. name? No, it's not. He has some sort of odd name in uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, 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 oh. And then uh, I uh, I like any film that has. Uh, I always like James Mason. Yes. Do me a favor, Lolita. Hand me that uh-huh. drink over there. Uh-huh. Climb into bed, won't you? Okay. Weird. Uh, anyway, um. Tuck yourself in, no, no. What? What? Uh, we, we we need to uh, address... Rain it uh, in now, Dave, is what you're saying. Yes, rain it in. Rain it in. Yes. Uh, because, you know, we... Right before we took our break, we were uh, granted permission to watch the newest Thumb Wrestler movie. Thumb Wrestler. Thumb Wrestler 2. The second thumbing. Ah, yes. So, uh, and then we took a, this our break because uh, I was burnt out... And we did not get to, we did not get to uh, speak about it. But I was so inspired that I did, uh, I did make a new trailer. So let me uh, let me play the the homage trailer I made for Thumb Wrestler. Uh, I hope you enjoy it. This is your first fight back. Don't try to do anything fancy. No one needs to be wowed today. It's just a tuna. Newt Feldenstein. His whole life was a million to one shot. But he's about to show the world he's one in a million. Remember the game plan. Swat, stroke, swipe. Swat, stroke, swipe. Thumb Wrestler 2. The second thumbing. The story continues. Former thumb wrestling champ Newt Feldenstein stars in the Night of Finger Puppetry Magic in The Unsinkable Molly Brown. And I'm stuck playing the girl again. The love continues. Who is, um, Antoinette Lagoon? The courage. What if I told you there was a chance I can go back to wrestling? What? You can't. They said that you would permanently hurt your hand. The challenge. After he got that carpal tunnel diagnosis, some said he never returned to the ring. The hope. If I can get full use of my thumb, it'll open up a whole bunch of new doors for me. You're retired, Newt. I had no choice. The tears. Sir, I'm gonna have to ask a football company here. What? What? What is this? Some kind of shakedown? The joy. The pain. The struggles. What in the hell did you do to your father? The dreams. 
I have to see this through. The most electrifying match in motion picture history. Thumb Wrestler 2. Starring Mark Parsha, Saren Zorlu, William Sowers, Jazz McCormack, Mark Levitt, and Raquel Powell. Thumb Wrestler 2, the second thumb. The story continues. So second thumbing kind of just picks up. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how long uh, after the first one. But I think we, it was 1945 uh-huh. in Germany. No, that's oh. a different movie altogether. Um, the Thumbs from Brazil. That's <laughs> an idea for you. Well, maybe... Uh, maybe... Uh, Nazi hunters, but they're also thumb wrestlers by day. Mm-hmm. Maybe by night. Depends on which time is better to hunt Nazis. Perhaps, you know, you'll get it. The Thumbs from Brazil. Thumb, how about Thumb Things Afoot? Thumb Things Afoot? Yeah. Yeah. We're, you're, just, you're just giving away these ideas. That's I right. I hope uh, M. Lovett's got his notepad out. Uh, let's see what we got here. So we have uh, a lot. We have our... Our I, I got, wait, hold on a second. Okay. Let me just say something. Yes. I'm reading an article yesterday. Uh-huh. We're talking about Thumb Wrestler 2. This is a side note. Oh, I see. Uh, There's a Korean woman. Mm-hmm. Her last name is N.G. Uh-huh. And they keep referring to her as N.G. Mm-hmm. Now, how am I supposed to pronounce that? Ng. Because I didn't pronounce it like that. We had, uh, when I was going to uh, high school, we had a... Uh, we had a child in our school who was from Viet- Vietnam, and his last name was N.G. Oh, maybe his, this person's Vietnamese then. And his, what was where did they say she was? I um, can't remember. She's a, oh, they just referred to her as an Asian uh, writer. And anyway, so this kid's name was Dwi, D-U-Y, and his last name was N.G., and our science teacher Every time, he, every time this guy would fuck up, he would be like, NG, Dwee, NG, like no good. Yeah. <laughs> it was fucking hysterical. Uh, so there you go. Anyway. I thought she was, you know, a, a slur. Uh-huh, no. I was like, how can CNN just constantly call this woman that? Thumb Wrestler 2, the second thumbing. Here is uh, the plot <clears throat> from IMDb. Second chances are tempting, but some come at a cost. The second installment of the Thumb Wrestler series finds injured thumb wrestling champ Newt the Digit Feldenstein, bored with conventional life, twiddling his thumbs on the sidelines. A new scientific breakthrough, a prosthetic smart thumb technology, suddenly offers Newt hope and another shot at the big time. Enter Antoinette Legume, vivacious, retired, Olympic gold medalist in skiing. Like Newt, her career was cut short by a horrible accident during competition. But now, through prosthetic limb replacement surgery, this former amputee has legs for days and knows how to use them. What's Newt's next move? Should he embrace technology and go under the knife? Is he risking too much? Will using a new fake thumb compromise the soul of the sport? Does a man with a busted thumb just go and risk everything on a dream? As one passes through life, some transitory passions may fade. But can the true fighting spirit of a thumb wrestler ever really be broken? 
written by our our own Mark Levitt. So, uh, yes, Thumb Wrestler 2 brings uh, a lot of our favorites back and it introduces some new favorites. Um, Mark, what, Mark Parsia? Or Parsia? Parsha. I'm going to say Parsha. Uh, he's very, he's just, uh, something about his face makes you want to love him. Do you agree? Well, I wouldn't go that far. Well, I don't mean physically love him in a rapey sort of way, but just kind of you're 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 in I, it. I want to rape him in a loving kind of no, way. No, I mean you're in it with him. You're you're like, damn that that face, those eyes. I'm behind him a hundred percent. He's sympathetical. Uh huh. And He's uh, then there's these these side characters uh, that I, I just love. Uh, Chaz McCormack as Rudiger. He is, uh, I, 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 him and William Sowers, uh, honestly. I, that's got to be a fake name. I, I, want, I want a buddy movie with those two, like a road trip movie. It's called Sweet and Sowers. Oh, shit. Take that, Mark Levitt. Mark Levitt has his own cameo appearance pulling a uh, Hitchcock <clears throat> as Gritty McGraw. Pulling a Hitchcock, what's that like? Uh, uh-huh. Actually, using live birds to peck at your your female lead. Uh-huh. I hope that didn't happen. Ask Tippy Hedron; she'll tell you it did. Uh, we've got uh, Saren Zorlu. Now that is a name. To she behold. plays Vanna. She's also she's also has that face where I want to squeeze it. Stop doing that. She's really adorable. Hashtag me too. She's really adorable, and I got to tell you. There's a moment in the film where she is, I like her more than Newt because Newt kind of disses her and uh, it annoyed me. Newt annoyed me in that moment and I didn't love him as much as I loved you her. You see, now you get to see the underside of Newt, which is actually a little slimy, not unlike a Newt. And then uh, this is the introduction of uh, Raquel Powell as Antoinette Legume. Tony Beans, we called her back in the day. Tony Beans. So, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, you got to check uh, Wiggy Bloogie on uh, Twitter, and you'll be able to find your uh, all of your thumb wrestler one and two needs. I also hear that uh, there is three and four coming down the pike. So... He's like the George Lucas of thumb wrestling. Well, there you go. What happened to the office one? I like that one where the guy makes noises with his mouth. What Receptionist smart. Uh, we need one, two and three of that. Receptionist smart. Yes, that was uh, that was the first one we've ever seen uh, by uh, Mark Levitt, Wiggy Bloogie on Twitter. And Stop saying those words. Wiggy Bloogie. Sounds like you're having a fit. Wiggy Bloogie is in, his... That's not English. No, it's Twitter. Wiggy Bloogy. I'll say it a million times just to annoy the shit out of you. That Wiggy Bloogy. Stop it. All right. So uh, on a scale from one to ten, what would you give the boys from Brazil? I would give it an eight. That's what I gave it. Hey, take it easy. I, I literally went on IMDb, signed into my account, and gave it an eight. I am giving it an eight is what I went on to. And uh, Thumb Wrestler 2, the second thumbing, I give a ten because I... Uh, 
I enjoy I enjoy these people. I gave it a ten, and I especially like that announcer in the in the trailer. You do? Yeah, it's me. Oh, you on the trailer we made? Okay, yeah, it's me. Yeah, you throw one. It's right. Hey, take it easy. The trailer that uh, I made, uh, Dave did the uh, the voiceover for us, and uh, it is a line for line, except for one word, and uh, kind of shot for shot. Uh, Homage to Rocky Two. The secret word is Negro. Stop it! Why the fuck, dude? Why it's not? No. Oh, okay. Anyway, you know, th- I'm gonna cut that out because he might want to take this part for. Well, that's not bad to say that word. It is kind of bad. The secret word is Caucasian. There you go. Is that the opposite of Negro? I don't think so. But now that we talk about that, let's not talk about that. Ca- well, Caucasian is from the, ca- I think it's the Caucasus Mountains. Hey, Caucasoid. Hey, you freaking Caucasoid. Get over here. All right. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for uh, sticking with us. And we are uh, sticky wicked. somewhat back. And maybe there'll be another podcast next week. Or maybe the divorce will be finalized. Hey, I don't know. It's been, uh, it's been great. And uh, check out our other episodes on middleagedcoolkids.com come and uh, also buy the book that is uh, currently uh, using up ad space on that website as well middleagedcoolkids.com anything to say dave that doesn't have the word negro in it oh you see you just said it excellent <sighs> okay well that takes care of that all right as a quota we have a quota here. no we, we have, have no quota four times i think we took care of it no we do not well let me say it one more time never mind okay all right See you next time, America. Time.